Hey everyone, this is the Bumcast. I'm your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, and we're back with the three-man band today, Baloney and the Southside Bum. We're gonna, we got a lot to talk about here. We got a big show for you today. Um, we got some some NFL draft talk with the Bears taking Justin Fields. Woo woo. Yeah. So the good times are coming back to Chicago, man. Um, but we're gonna get in, we've also got some some derby talks, some uh Falcon and Winter Soldier, some socks talk. But yes, let's start off with the big news of Justin Fields getting drafted by the Bears. Ryan Pace pulled off the miracle, traded up from 20 to 11. And for once, I can say I am very happy and very proud to be a Bears fan today. We're back, baby. I mean. It's no more the bum cast is no more gloom and doom. We are at all oh, I don't want I didn't want to steal the all gas no breaks, but we're full blown Bears fan fanatics at this point. We're back. The smile look at I'm looking at you, Johnny. You got your bears head on, you got a smile on your face. We are uh we just needed a little a little glimmer of hope, and that's what Justin Fields brings. So I'm excited, dude. I mean, what what have we been talking about for I mean at, I know for myself, like I, I've been begging them for stop doing, you know, creating so much stuff on the defense. We need offense. That's the big thing. And I would, I even told you guys on the text, I don't think this is going to happen. You know, we're, it's going to probably be like a, you know, same thing, loom and doom type, type of deal. And he did it. He got Justin Fields, man. And he shocked every bears fan out there. And everybody's on cloud nine with this and everybody's already pumped up. They want to start the season. So um, I'm excited for it. I'm, it's something that I've, I've been asking for, for this regime to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I got my hand up. I didn't think it was going to happen. Jason, you've been calling for it forever. You said Pace's feet were to the fire and he was a desperate man and he was Obviously, desperate times call for desperate measures. And you said he's going to do everything he can to to move up in the draft and draft a quarterback. I just didn't see the scenario possible. So I want to thank the 49ers. I want to thank the Falcons. I want to thank the Eagles. All of the dominoes had to fall the perfect way for this scenario to happen. And they did. I couldn't believe it when it happened. Jason, you text me. We got to go live. The Bears are trading up. I didn't even know how to work Instagram live at that point. So I want to apologize to the people watching. We're going to get better at that. We didn't know what was happening. Johnny, you have an iPhone five. Apparently you couldn't even get on that being said, I didn't think it was going to happen. And then when it did, I'm so glad it was Justin Fields. It had to be Justin Fields. If this would have been Mac Jones or any other quarterback, honestly, um, besides Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but Justin Fields is that guy. I think he's the guy that gives us confidence going forward. We didn't have that feeling when it was Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, we all wanted, I mean, Deshaun Watson was the proven commodity, and I thought that's what they were going with, and they went a different direction. If the, if it was any other quarterback, it would have been a guessing game right now. I wouldn't have felt the same way, and I'm so glad they did it. And, I, I, I like, I'm just excited. You know, I, I didn't want to come on here and I'm, ha- I'm happy you brought that up, Peter, what I was saying, because I didn't want to come on here and, you know, suck my own dick here and say, I told you guys so, but I'm going to take my victory app and say, I've been calling it for the past, you know, four months now that, you know, pace. Now I will say I, I had that fear. I kind of was like, okay, he's going to fucking do it. Now 
a lot of lot of stuff like you were saying fell in line for that to happen i personally thought he was gonna do like jump up to four or five you know and mortgage a lot of future picks away i thought that's what he was going for and that's what i didn't want yes and i think a lot of that's a lot of fans wanted him to make a move but not to the that extreme so i i felt like he was gonna i felt like he was gonna go to the extreme because that's I was just saying his ego isn't going to allow him to, you know, miss on another quarterback, especially with the the five. And I, I never want to say can't miss picks with when it comes to a quarterback, because we all know how that ended up with us last time. But a lot of people are saying that this draft class of quarterbacks is probably one of the best it's been in probably since like the Eli Phillip Rivers, you know, draft from like, what was that? Oh, four or five, whatever it was. Um, three. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that is a great, great class, but when I, I was really nervous there because after, after the Falcons took Kyle Pitts and then you kind of see, okay, like, well, Cincinnati's not going to take a quarterback. Miami's not going to take a quarterback. You know, you, then you start getting a little worried with, you know, okay. Detroit's not going to probably take a quarterback with Jared Goff. So you got through that five, six, seven, then you get to the Panthers. And that's when I think when everyone held their breath was like, yes, what are, what are the Panthers going to do? They went deep. Okay, good. Then, you know, you got the Broncos who were like the another one, like, Oh fuck. Like, okay. You got past eight, nine. And then it's like, do something, do something. Motherfucker. Yes. Like you get on that horn. You start calling because like, you know, the giants aren't Dallas is not taking one giants aren't taking one. You've, I got really nervous when Philly came up, but I'm like, they probably want Devontae Smith at that point because they and want they to need wide they receivers need a big really stunt bad. wide receiver. That just makes yes. sense. And you kind of you kind of knew like Jerry is not gonna be an idiot and take another wide receiver at 10. He's already got a million wide receivers as it is. He doesn't need another one, but I wouldn't have put it against Jerry to take another wide receiver. So yeah, when when that 11th pick fell, I was like, this is, this is it. Cause like, if you don't pull it now, like, and I was, I was really shocked that it didn't like that trade didn't actually come across the wire. Like that maybe he was trying to do it and they were waiting until after the 10th pick to announce the trade. So I hope he got it. Hope he got that done way before, but that being said for the first time in my life, okay. I'm just saying first time in my life was the first time in Ryan Pace's tenure, I can say he did not overpay and get screwed or bamboozled by another NFL GM. He, I think he gave up the exact amount that you would have to do to move up nine picks. He had one first round. He didn't give up multiple first rounds. He kept the second rounds. Awesome. The, thank you, Ryan Pace, for actually acting like an NFL GM for once. Well, I, te- I text you. And I don't know if I text you, Johnny, but I was like, be prepared to say nice things about Ryan Pace. And that's something this podcast just flat out hasn't done. Like, we started in what, October, November-ish? Yeah. And it's been, like we said, doom and gloom ever since. And I don't know. Obviously, we're putting a lot of pressure on Justin Fields, but obviously, I feel like he is a type of guy that can handle the pressure. He's been, you know a proven commodity since high school, basically high school college in Georgia. Obviously he can, he transferred, but either, either way, he was a, he's been a stud. He is a stud all along. So 
that being said, like, yeah, I'm still worried about now. Uh, it's not Ryan Pace I'm worried about. He actually did a lot more this draft that answered a lot of our fears. This is going to become a Matt Nagy problem now. So Pace did his part going forward. And now it's Matt Nagy's it's put up or shut up time because I don't know if he's going to start right away. They're acting like he's not going to start right away. But immediately I had told my wife, like, he's the best quarterback in that room right now. So if he doesn't start week one, he's going to start fairly quickly. And it's going to be on Matt Nagy to get the best out of him and this offense in general. Matt Nagy has no more excuses. Yeah, uh, my cousin's a huge Patriots fan, and he was before the the draft even started. He was like, Justin Fields, man. He's a he's also Ohio State fan too. So he was just like, that's where he wanted to go beeline on. And the minute that the Bears got him, he's like, man, I'm gonna have to start you know watching Bears games because obviously he's a whole Ohio State fan, and he's he's a he's big on Justin Fields, and obviously the praise on Justin Fields his his IQ, his football IQ, everything about him. Um, lots of praises. I mean, the people were saying he was probably the second best quarterback in yep. the draft. Yeah. Um, he, he beat, uh, the number one draft pick Trevor Lawrence in, in, uh, in, in the playoff, uh, this year. So, um, I mean, <laughs> there's no, I, 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 I didn't hear, I didn't see any bears fans saying anything negative about what they did and bears fans. Obviously we've been waiting for something like this to happen. Something, positive and you saw it with a lot of the networks it wasn't just one it was everybody espn nfl network everybody was praising uh the draft picks in general not just justin fields but yeah. the draft picks in general getting a plus and we'll get to that in a little bit here but um i mean yeah everybody's excited about this and yeah i mean once justin fields hits that field man i mean it, it's a whole new era and, and you're right uh peter 100 percent this is all on Aggie now. Now you're now you're here's your quarterback now that you guys wanted. Obviously, you it was something about Trubisky that you didn't want, and obviously we could see the flaws of his. But um, now's your chance, man. Now here's your offensive guru. Then you know let let it's put yes. up or shut up now. He was coach of the year. He's gonna have to do it again because he's he's yeah. he has no excuses. Like I said, there, there's there's no wiggle room for error either. Yeah, and right. if you look at the comparisons between you know him and Mitch, and if you watch like when Mitch, people's you know like he can he can roll out of the pocket, you know he can he can he can run. People saying he was accurate in college. Uh, okay, that didn't really translate well. But one of the biggest issues with Mitch, obviously, was his mental grasp of the game. Either it played too fast for him, or he just couldn't learn how to read defenses how to scheme for different zone coverages and by all uh, like reports Justin Fields has like the got like the highest like aptitude test out of all the Ever. like making quarterback history or something like that so, and even they were saying like Matt Nagy was quizzing him on formations and shit and just feels like oh yeah that's this and this and he was nailing them like weeks later when he's probably meeting with all, all a bunch of different coaches going over formations and schemes so obviously he's got like a good read on football. He's can pick up, you know, the game pretty quickly, probably take him a little bit to transition to the NFL speed. But, you know, one of the things that Mitch kind of sucked at was he was not a really good pocket passer. He would, everyone would say, 
take scheme Mitch for his strengths, roll him out of the pocket, catch him on the bootleg or, you know, that, that was Mitch's, that was Mitch's game. Justin Fields is a great pocket passer and he can scramble and make stuff with his legs. People compare him to Russell Wilson plus, you know, yeah. like that's, that's a great comp to, to start off with right away. Um, but yeah, I think he's got all the other little things besides the talent that Mitch didn't have. And that can only help him. Now I think we can see Matt Nagy expand his offense to maybe what he wanted to be, where he was forced to dial it back with Foles and Trubisky because of their physical limitations and mental ineptitude when it came to defense reading defenses. So I think this is just going to, this is going to be, like you said, it's going to be on him. Let's see how, how much he can, you know, expand the offense. I don't want to see little fucking dink and dunk screen passes, two yard, you know, outs or whatever. I, I want to spread the ball, you know, I go downfield. Let's, let's put on our big boy pants, have a big, you know, time NFL offense now. And yeah, let's make and it work. I, the comparisons are going to be there. They're going to be there for a while. I don't want to do it, but obviously it has to be done. 13 games in North Carolina is completely different than starting for Ohio State University. And I think already, I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky just because of the, the, the like you said, the aptitude, the arm strength, the accuracy downfield, the speed. Obviously, Mitch was a good scrambling quarterback, but the, he, Justin Fields is at another level. So the comparisons are going to be there. Hopefully, he blows them out of the out of the water first season and we just don't have to say Mitch Trubisky's name any any anymore but for the time being like you said yeah the the comparisons are going to be there now I'm just ready for the season to start man I just can't wait we talked about it it was doom and gloom forever and this is something we as a fan base needed so bad and I just can't believe it happened it's it's something I didn't expect like you, you said Jason you knew all the dominoes had to fall into place and, and they did. It's crazy. And we could talk about the rest of the draft. It wasn't just Justin Fields. They nailed this draft top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go over some other picks here. The, the last thing that I kind of want to uh, mention with, with Justin Fields is that I really don't want him to turn into like, when it comes to his scrambling, like Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson ish, I I want him to do that where it's more the pocket collapse and he's trying to evade a sack. I don't, I, if you watched like some Lamar Jackson games, Baltimore, you know, he's dropping back and he's scrambling right away and good. That's good for the Ravens offense. I don't, I don't want Justin Fields taking shots early, you know, in his career and potentially blowing out a knee or something like that. Like, let's just keep, be the accurate downfield passer. You are scramble when it's necessary, Let's protect our, you know, future, you know, whatever it is, $300 million man in the future. Um, well, you, I mean, the comparison, you said it, it's Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson scrambles when he needs to, but he's a passer first. And if, if we drafted the next Russell Wilson, or like you said, Russell Wilson plus I'll take it. Like I'll take that comparison. I'll take that 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 uh that skill set any day of the week. Yeah, and it's funny now. Like as I mentioned on one of my tweets post draft, the fun thing really 
for pace really happens now because they got to clear a lot of cap room now because you just went from your 20 slot to now your 11 slot, which his, his contract's going to be 18.9 million. Um, I'll, I'll try to break down some more salary cap numbers on the, for the next uh, podcast, but they, they got to clear a lot of room. Um, it's, you got Nick Foles, whose contract is on him is him himself is untradeable because he's a shit quarterback, but his contract is untradeable too, because if they trade him, they're adding $5 million to the salary cap this year. So he, Nick Foles is on this team. Probably going to yeah, be, he's going to be a third string quarterback. Right? He's going to be an active, probably most, paid. most Sundays, just collecting his paycheck, doing little mop-up duties in the Q, QB room, whatever it is, the third stringer does. Um, I think Andy Dalton probably gets the Mike Lennon treatment, gets three, four games, and then gets the gets the hook. Um, I don't the, like the sooner the better, man. The, yes. Plus, like we said, Bears got a very, very brutal schedule this year. Now, a lot of you know, in the NFL, you every year you get those topsy turvy teams where people go worst to first, bet, best to last. You know, so a lot of those teams aren't guaranteed to be good, but on paper, it's a very, very tough schedule is Andy Dalton going to be lighting up those, those defenses? Probably not. The bears are going to have a rough start to the season. So that in it's in of itself will give pace and uh, Nagy a reason to be like, all right, Dalton, you're out of there. Grab a clipboard. Thanks kids going in. Let's see what he can do against elite defenses. Especially if Nagy's coaching for his job, I think pace earned himself a couple more years. Um, Not that I wanted him, but like just making this move, um, in the in the eyes of ownership, he you got to see it pan out. So I think Pace bought himself a couple more years. Nagy doesn't have that luxury. So if if Nagy's coaching for his job, he's gonna try to win games. And if you're trying to win games, you got to put the best quarterback out there. And I just don't think it's Andy Dalton. So we'll see. Hopefully, like you said, it's two or three, four games at most. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I hope that they actually announce the. They, they may have already. I just haven't seen it the actual schedule it's going to be no we can uh, actually, next week next, next week? wednesday okay. the schedule comes they pushed out. it back right they put they moved it back yeah. a week or something like that um yeah that's going to be definitely we'll we'll handicap our picks when that schedule gets and obviously it's going to depend on how much justin fields progresses and if he's even starting or not so we'll have to do those projections with like a grain of salt um <clears throat> let's i want to just go over the you know other picks here because we they actually, they, they traded away a couple of picks. They had their second, they had their, their fourth rounder um, and they had four, six rounders. So they actually, they traded pace traded up in the second round to get um, a uh, tackle Trevin Jenkins from Oklahoma state. Do um, it. Do it. Do it. Is it Trevin Jenkins? That's, they better be playing that at the, at the stadium. Um, fifth. So they didn't, they, they traded that way. So that, again, moved up. I think that was what that's, he moved up 13 spots and he gave up a fourth round pick. Yeah. Thumbs up for me pace. Th- you know, I agree. We need, we need O-line help from everything, all things considered for everything I read. He's awesome. So yes. Yeah. So exactly I'm, I'm just reading here. Um, ooh, I'm sorry. So they got one back. So Pace gave up the, they traded the second rounds. They gave up their 80, they gave up their third round and their, I think number 204, which is their fourth round. So they actually gave up a little more, but they got back that, um, 
fifth round pick. So, okay. So he gave up a little more, but still you get those mid round picks. You move up 13 spots in the second round. It's almost like getting a second draft pick at that or second, first round pick at that point. Um, actually a lot. So on this Tevin, Tevin Jenkins, Jenkins, um, he's an older prospect. He just turned 23. Um, he ranked third amongst tackles in PFF run blocking grades last season. Yeah. He's awesome when they're running. He's a people mover. Um, from all the video highlights I saw, he's just pushing bodies around and creating holes for the running back. So obviously yeah. that's good. He gave up zero sacks and only two hits over the last two years. Um, they say he lacks arm length, which, okay. That kind of, that kind of sucks. So maybe he can get pushed around by some, some of the bigger edge rushers. Um, but everyone says that a lot of people had a, a first round grade on him as well. So I, I think this is, this is great. This is what we needed. Um, he's, I think this is obviously the replacement for, you know, Bobby Massey. And it looks like their fifth round pick, Larry Borum, he's going to be the replacement for Leno. If he actually, they actually do decide to cut Leno, which they kind of need to at this point for salary. Well, cap. Yeah. You keep but, saying the salary cap, it's got to happen. Yeah. But we want quarterback tackle tackle. And the one thing I, I'm questioning Ryan Pace on in this draft was his sixth round pick of taking a running back, uh, Khalil Herbert didn't really understand that pick unless Tariq Cohen is going to be traded salary cap casualty because paying 9 million a year for your backup running back is kind of asinine in, in my opinion. So I really didn't get that, that six round pick with the running back. I said, I tweeted it. Give me all the Khalil's, give me all the Khalil's possible. But yeah, I think, I don't know what the cap casualty would be if they cut Cohen, but he's making a boatload of money to be the backup running back. So yeah. if they can cut that salary, then this move makes sense. Correct. Um, another six rally took a wide receiver, Daz Newsom from North Carolina. Big, big yak guy. Yeah, big yak. You big, big fan of the yaks? Big yak guy. Give me all the yak. I'm a big yak guy too. That's what you need, you know? Daz Newsome just sounds like an awesome football player name. <laughs> That's my analysis. Daz Newsome. He just sounds like a football player. Um, and then they and then with their last pick, they took a defensive, they took a cornerback. So out of their six picks, they went uh five off five offense, one defense, which for Ryan Pace, that just is shocking that he actually only went defense and it was the last pick in the sixth round. But it's what we've been asking. Johnny, you've been asking for it. Focus on the offense. Focus on the offense. And thank God it took, what, how many years has Pace been here? Five? Uh, 14. Yeah, since... five, yeah. Okay. It took him this long to actually focus on the offense. And I know I don't want to keep saying the name, Trubisky, but whatever. This was a good draft. Overall, I just I saw a lot of A's, A-minuses, A-pluses. Um, all the reviews we read, Johnny, you talked about it, ESPN, um, NFL Network. It's good, man. I have nothing to complain about today. Yeah. Like I said, if I'm nitpicking, it's, it's the running back, but it's only if it's getting rid of getting rid of Cohen. Because I think you could have probably maybe found – but you're only talking four picks of a difference between the between when they took the running back and then they took a wide receiver. So, I mean, what are you really going to get at that point for a wide receiver between four picks? Not only – not only that, though, but after the draft was over, they signed a bunch of people that went undrafted, and yeah. it was the same thing. 
a lot of offensive tackles, a lot of offensive linemen, and a couple of defensive guys. But it's all guys that seem like hopefully if even some of them pan out, we're in a good shape, man. Yeah, especially since we don't have a first-round pick next year. Let's just hope that that's a late-round first, because if it's going to be like a top-10 pick next year, there's going to be a lot of moaning yeah. and groaning. If it's the 32nd pick in the in the draft next year, I'm not going to be complaining. Yeah, I won't either. Yeah. But like, it, it's just like I said, it, it might be a tougher pill to swallow if it's a top-10 pick next year, but I'm Even happy we got so. Justin Fields. Yes, exactly. I'm, I know – the consequences of it and i'm happy even if they suck this year it's the light at the end of the tunnel we i had a stat here where was it hold on i'm loading it up it says the bears haven't had an all-pro quarterback in 70 years 70 years without an all-pro quarterback justin fields has to break that like there's no ifs ands or buts about it if anyone's gonna break it it's the guy that what was it nine ranked like 99 percentile in athleticism, 91 in accuracy. It's just like across the board, he has all the attributes that we're looking for. And it's a lot of what we haven't had in a long, long time. Let me ask you guys a question though. Um, Cause everybody's all high on Justin Fields. And obviously this guy's like, everybody says he's, he's NFL ready and all that. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, the, Debbie Downer or anything like that, but you know, let's just say he does have a little bit of a struggle, you know, whether or not if it's be something based on uh, Nagy's play calling or maybe he's just struggling. He does like a Troy Aikman. Remember Troy Aikman's first year? He was yeah. he was terrible, and all of a sudden he became like one of the greatest NFL uh, quarterbacks of all time. Um, are people going to get get on him so so early, or they're going to give him that opportunity? They're going to give him that chance. They're not going to you know, be like, Oh, we, you know, why did we waste? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause us bearish fans will, will be, or, you know, other people, they will be like, yeah, you got him for like, you traded all this. And then, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, playing like this, like, you know, are you sure we did the right, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, how would like people react if he doesn't pan out that first year, like, or if, you know, something of that magnitude. Not worried. Well, I, I know what, what what how i react and how the general public or our uncles or something react are two totally different things you got to give a court like you got to give a quarterback three years to develop exactly and i know in the nfl especially this day and age nfl a lot of quarterbacks don't get that leash but like you said troy aikman peyton manning's first year he what won two games or something like that and a lot of these guys don't get that luxury but I will say, if they suck terribly this year, I don't think it'll be on Justin Fields. It's going to be on Matt Nagy. And then whoever coaches him after that, then it's when we start to worry. But I'm going to give him as long as a long of a leash as possible. That being said, I know a lot of Bears fans, we're all meatheads. We're all hotheads. But right. that being said, I just we didn't give up as much as we gave up for Trubisky. So I feel like it's a whole different ballgame. But yeah, and I, and I don't I don't think he, yeah, and I don't think he that's gonna come to fruition where he's gonna be like that bad or he's gonna be like that Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning type of deal. But 
you know, we're all high up on this and, you know, cloud nine and all that. And it's great. Like, but you know, what if that's that chance, you know, when he does start and, you know, he does kind of, you know, stumble on or anything like that, that people will react. I'm like, Oh, did we do the right thing or, you know, whatever. Yes. It's, it's, I, I it's, think this is 100, 100% on Nagy right now. It's, it's going to be because you're going to have the, the people who not, and not only like fans, but every, you're going to see it now. Every fucking media pundit during every game is going to show the graphic of the five quarterbacks in this draft. And they're going to be showing all the stat lines and people are going to be Trevor Lawrence has this many touchdowns and Trey Lance has this many interceptions and Justin Fields has this completion. It's, it's going to be the, the nitpicking comparison. We all saw with Trubisky home Watson and Mahomes. And hopefully this time we're not in the grunge cringe end of it, you know, like, like, uh, but, um, to That's tell you the truth, I'm not worried about that. Besides yeah. maybe Mac Jones and, and the Patriots, I don't think Mac Jones – personally, I don't think Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady. That being said, no. if Belichick and him start winning right away, then people are going to be like, you look at what he did. But I'm not worried about that. I really do think, all things considered, Justin Fields is the best quarterback we could have gotten. Obviously, we were never going to get Trevor Lawrence. He was never on the option. But of those five, he's the hi- I was the highest on Justin Fields. And the fact that he dropped to 11, I'm, write this down. I will not complain about giving up the draft picks, or I won't complain about Justin Fields in general, at least three seasons. Oh, yeah, because look at two things. One, you got Matt Nagy's got two years left on his deal. So Matt Nagy's got his two years to develop Justin Fields. You don't see any any progress after year two, I think. And when I say progress, I mean gradual increases. You know, um, he's he's probably out the door. You look what happened with Josh Allen. A lot of people were ready to write off Josh Allen, and he just came out of nowhere this year and lit up, you know, the AFC East. So it's definitely you definitely need that three year window to get guys acclimated to the NFL, but I think pace has his two years and that's it. And I don't think that if there's not if some that, semblance two- of a, of a NFL quarterback from him, he gets, he gets the boot and they bring in someone else who can maybe mold him and bring out the best of him. And also NFL network was sucking Mac Jones dick, like crazy. I don't know if it was the new England Belichick thing, but they were, like talking about him, like he was, he should have been like the number three, number two draft pick. And it's the, the Mac Jones love that he was getting post draft was kind of over the top. Flabby belly, big nipple guy. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I I didn't, I didn't want that at all. But um, before we wrap up the the bears talk, I will say it's going to be very, very great. We got bears got going to have a new quarterback and he's going to be playing in a new stadium and the next in 10 years. years is going to be great. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's worry I will about say, yeah, next year. Jason, but. <laughs> Jason, you tweeted out for the people that don't know, what, what did you tweet out? Um, I, it was an article from like, I think it was like cranes or business insider or something that says like the mayor of Arlington Heights wants it to come. And then um, they're ready to, to make it work with the NFL. Then 
it's the Lightfoot same thing was, we've been talking Lightfoot about. Was saying that well, no, NFL is not going to let the teams leave and the, a team leave, and like she's so out of touch because as soon no, as that's as soon exactly as you tell, what I want to talk about. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as you tell the NFL that we can make more money with a hundred thousand seat stadium, NFL is going to be like, okay. Lightfoot, you can go piss off now. Your, your opinion That's doesn't exactly matter anymore. what I wanted to talk about. So I've been talking about it for a while. I, I, we talked, we complained about Ted Phillips and why does he still have a job and this and that. But the reason is because he's been the head of this moving to Arlington development. And it's still all rumors. And it, But it, the rumors have been slowly getting louder and louder and louder to the point where now you're seeing articles and people are tweeting about it and this and that. And I think the first thing it's good that the mayor of Arlington's like, yes, come here. I think it's no secret that the bears are trying to look to build a complex outside of the city. And what the, the biggest thing is like the mayor said that they're tied into the city and soldier field until 2032 or whatever. 2033. Yeah. What I read was that if the bears are really serious about this and if they want to go forward with this, the NFL and the owners and Roger Goodell will do everything in their power to either back them or try to get out of that contract, which is awesome because obviously it benefits the NFL to get the Chicago bears into a hundred thousand seat stadium, bring a super bowl to the city, bring Dome all it. this extra Dome, yeah, it, Dome do March madness, WrestleMania, all this extra re- revenue. And it's the thing we've been saying for the life of this podcast is the bears have to own their own stadium. They can't be tenants to the smallest stadium in the NFL. It makes no sense. So if that's the case, and if they can break out of the contract out one, I will wait until 2033. What Jason, you said you're going to be 50 at that time. I'll be 49. <laughs> crazy we got to wait that long but if it's any sooner the sooner the better we need this to happen just thinking about my age right there at that point (laughs) yeah makes you makes you really like take a step back there and like whoa Um, well hold hold on so 20 what is it you're gonna be 50 we'll be 49 johnny you'll be 50 i just Mm -hmm. saw the article before we we got on the podcast that Dan Levitard sold his podcast to DraftKings for fifty million dollars by by twenty thirty three hopefully the, the yeah. podcast <laughs> and, Chicago, and just Chicago we can all retire we can yeah. all retire and buy yeah, Bears season tickets yes we're gonna oh sell yeah it you to think whoever. you think Bears, you think Bears freaking... tickets are high, are high now wait till they get to Arlington. They have to oh, repay. We have to pay the, repay the cost of building a billion dollar state state of art stadium. I'll sell this podcast so fast to the Empire Carpet guy. Yeah, headspin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna wrap up the Bears talk, and we're gonna transition it with: if the Bears won the draft, the Packers lost the draft. Oh, before I say that, we're all happy celebrating Justin Fields. Let's not remember cousin Javi is banned from celebrating bears in Justin Fields. He, he wants he back on the bandwagon. He, he, no, he, yeah, he want, he wanted back on the bandwagon. We put him on the ban list for, for now. We don't know if it's, we're going to rescind it or not, but he came out here and tried to defend his, his, his bears takes said he doesn't watch games anymore. He doesn't support the team because of McCaskey. And then the bears go ahead and get Justin Fields and he's not allowed to, he's not allowed to, go join in our celebration 
well, now you brought him up. Now he's going to have to come back on the podcast <laughs> and defend himself and beg for forgiveness and freaking thick as, stick his thumb up like a hitchhiker and try to get back on the bandwagon. But yeah, yeah, he picked the wrong time <laughs> to uh, hop off because this is a, we're chew chewing straight to the Super Bowl. That's right. So, anyways, Bears got the best quarterback in the NFC North now. Rodgers is hopefully, fingers crossed, on his way out. Um, I mean, you can't get any more crazy than the than on Thursday, where he, you know reports were coming out that he is ready to retire. He would rather retire then play another down for the Packers if um, they don't trade him or probably just pay him a shit ton of money. Um, the, the crazy thing is if Aaron Rodgers retires, he has to pay back $23 million in signing bonuses. So that's that, that if he's that threatening when you have to pay off that amount of money, that just means you don't really want to be at, be there anymore. One, I don't think he's going to retire Two. That Thursday, between the Packers and Green Bay basically burning in flames and then the Bears getting Justin Fields, that was like the best day ever for a Chicago sports fan. I know um, the draft in general, Green Bay got worse. Minnesota, even, basically. The Lions got better. Shout out Bob Pants. He he was begging me to talk Lions because he nailed that, that uh, Penile Sewell draft. And... He's the best offensive lineman in that draft. They they got him. I told him I will say nice things about the Lions and their draft class. So the Lions got better, but the Lions still are the Lions. And now, we'll I mean, the, the Bears got Justin Fields. The NFC North, man, I feel like tides are shifting. And Aaron Rodgers basically wants out at any cost possible. And I, the rumor I heard was that Denver – is ready to make a deal with the Packers. The Packers seem to be holding steady, but this dissension, it's, it can't last much longer. And if he's trying to do anything in his power to get out of there, I just don't see a way how he's the starting quarterback next year. And if he's in Denver at the, in the AFC, NFC, NFC North is wide open, man. Yeah. You're going to like every Sunday night game is going to be like Denver, I shouldn't say every, but anytime Denver and KC go up against each other, you're going to have that be Sunday night football. Um, yeah. Get them out of here. I said, I'll help them pack. Yeah, get them you over know? here. You know, so, 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 so week one, see week one is Aaron Rodgers a green Bay Packer. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. Um, he's made such a big stink about it and the Packers haven't helped themselves. Um, I think I know last year he was basically begging the Packers to draft a wide receiver or some sort of offensive weapon. And they didn't, they ended up drafting love instead. They drafted a goddamn quarterback. So that was a slap in his face. And now this year, the same thing. Like, obviously they got, uh, I think they got a cornerback and he's a highly regarded cornerback, but that help that doesn't help Aaron Rodgers at all whatsoever. I just think he's fed up and, the more and more things come out and rumors come out, like I just don't see how they mend the fences. Or I, I don't think how, how, how do they reconcile? It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Let's, let's just hope that Jordan love is the neck. Is there Mitch Trubisky that would, they, they, they can't have all pro all God 
quarterbacks for 30 plus years now. I just, that just, I can't have well, that yeah, happen. 16 years, Rogers, 16 years. I know Bart Starr played for 16 years. I think it's the curse of the 16 years. There's no way he plays another, he, he doesn't play 17 years. So yeah, hopefully God, God forbid Jordan Love plays 16 years in the league. We're, we're fucked if that happens. Don't want that bad juju. Um, all right. I got another headline for you guys. Um, also announced late last week that the uh, city of Chicago has opened up um, indoor capacity and now they're allowing fans into the United center. So now Hawks and bulls can have 25% capacities. And they, they, they did it with two games for the, with the Hawks left. I mean, that just, okay yeah, fine tough. bulls have bulls get like bulls get like eight games hawks get two it just it seemed like a just kind of a waste just to you know say hey we're doing something but whatever okay but anyways good news at least you can if you want to go watch one of the last remaining games for a team that's neither team that's going into playoffs hawks and bulls i mean but like you said peter they got they us through. Got us they to did what they needed to do. to do exactly that it was about i mean i've said it all along they kept us entertained. They got me through the doldrums of winter as far like Blackhawks exceeded expectations this year. Now you could argue, oh, they fucked up their chances for a draft and they're kind of the middle of the road and stuff like that. But like we said, NHL drafts, not like the NFL. So it doesn't really matter that much, but yeah, they got us through the winter. So shout out to uh, the Bulls. Shout out to the Blackhawks. Um, we'll see you in the fall right now. I'm full bore baseball and Justin Fields. This is a Justin Field podcast for the for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. Um, and third headline I got for you guys, and I'll let you one, I'll let you guys uh, take this one over. Um, one of the biggest soccer matches today. This was to happened today. Man U versus Liverpool was canceled because a lot of fans, um, angry fans, broke into the stadium and started protesting, rioting on the, the middle of the field. A lot of damage was done, like, and I'll let you guys take over that story. What the whole background of that is, and yeah, so I woke up. I'm uh, for those that don't know, I'm a huge Manchester United fan. I've been a Manchester United f- fan since the early '90s. Shout out Chris McNally and shout out Joe McNally, his dad. Um, they got me into Manchester United. Um, Roy Keane used to play there in the '90s. He was an Irish guy that um, I basically Irish Campton, hell of a player. But since that, they got them in, they got me in. And I've been a, I've been a Manchester United fan since I was a kid. Um, but the Manchester United that I was a fan of is very different than the Manchester United that currently, um, the owners that currently own the team. So basically, for those that don't know, the Glazer family, which are the same owners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, own Manchester United. Um and a lot of English soccer fans have been crying for a long time that there's American money kind of getting um, overpowering the English ownership. So the Glazers own Manchester United, um, John Henry and the same people that own the Boston Red Sox own Liverpool. And it goes on and on and on. Um, and I think this English Super League was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So I've got a list here from a guy, Matthew Doyle, who I follow on Twitter. And he basically explains why Manchester United fans did what they did today. So the Glazers took on massive debt 
to purchase the club in the first place. They use team profits to pay that debt slowly instead of reinvesting it directly into the squad. They use team profits to finance other non-Manchester United projects like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have lost touch with the club's roots and have failed to be forward-thinking in regards to sports science, analytics, and managerial hires. For years, privileged business decisions have have been focused over football soccer decisions. They have fallen from the ranks of absolute elite Euro sides to the point where they don't compete and they don't sign the best players in the world. And basically, they just don't compete with Man City and Liverpool. And then the the, uh, Super League was the straw that broke the camel's back. Basically, Manchester United was Barcelona. They were Real Madrid. They were PSG. They were the top class of football in, in a club's perspective for a long time. And now they're not. And a lot of it has to do with these American owners. So I don't blame the fans. Obviously, raiding the stadium and fighting with cops is a completely different story. But I could understand why they're upset. And the way I liken it is before this Justin Fields things, all this dissension with the McCaskies and with Ted Phillips It's very similar. Like I could see where fans just got fed up with being basically it it was a one way street in regards to loyalty. So it was crazy, man. I woke up to it. I was ready to watch Manchester United versus Liverpool. And then when I saw all these scenes breaking out in Manchester, it was uh, it it was one good for them because they want to be making their voices heard. But you just can't be fighting with cops and delaying games and stuff like that so it's interesting yeah there's i mean there's ways to and i'm that's why i wanted to bring it up is that you know it's like something that you've never seen before well i I don't know if i've ever seen it before but i've never seen it before where you know especially with with all that stuff that came out i mean that's that's terrible um and the glazers should sell it i mean there's no reason why you should keep that team if you're you you're constantly doing shit like that so um but the, those fans, I mean, they're, they're passionate. I mean, they grew up from generation to generation to generation. I mean, that's something that they love. I mean, it's something that's bigger than them. It's, you know, it's, it's what they love. And the fact that, you know, the way that the Glazers are, are treating Manchester United is horrible. I mean, yeah, Manchester United, I mean, they used to have big time players on that team. And now it's, it's it, Man City is overtaking them. 100 percent yeah uh and the liverpool has been taking up chelsea and so on and so on um it's 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 been bad and that's where i came to the thought of and you know i'm glad you brought up like you know us bears fans frustrated in that like if there were come to a time when we were we were bashing the socks for for a long time same thing with the bulls and the hawks and any other american sports team that fans would one day just kind of revolt and just say hey we're going to protest on the field and we're, or on the court or wherever, and just say like, you, you see how frustrated we're now you come and see that. Obviously you don't, you don't go and yeah, obviously you don't fight the cops and all that stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, something where, you know, fans have really spoken out and for, for good reason, obviously. Yeah. I mean, we love sports and sometimes we might take it a little bit over, over the top. I mean, I wouldn't personally do something like that and just go and go on a pitch or something like that. But 
Um, obviously there are fans that are out there. that are very passionate. They're very, um, they, they love this team so much that they would do and, and show the world that, you know, these owners need to go. And, um, It'll be remain the scene. Like, what's going to happen uh, now with the Glazers? Are are they actually going to, you know, sell the team at all, or they're just going to just stay put and just keep on having these Man U fans just continue to be miserable? I I don't know, man. I think the the Super League thing really pissed off a lot of people, and it'll be interesting. Like you said, like obviously we don't have the the American fans. I don't think they had the passion or the balls to do what they just did in Manchester, but it'll be interesting to see what goes forward. Yeah. And then uh, Peter, you got one more headline. You said uh, apparently Lakeshore drive is being renamed here. Yeah. So we, we, I was talking about it with my sisters. Um, The Lakeshore drive was uh, supposedly being renamed to DuSable Avenue or DuSable Boulevard. Um, My whole thing about that was, there's a lot of other streets that could be renamed Columbus. We've talked, I have talked about Columbus in the fa- past. Uh, I don't think he has a great history. You could rename that street. Lakeshore drive is so iconic and it's aptly named Lakeshore drive. We're driving alongside of the Lakeshore. It's an awesome unit. You know, we talk about it, LSD, this and that. So I don't, I understand wanting to rename a street and obviously DuSable has a great history with Chicago and all of these things. I just thought maybe Lakeshore Drive wasn't the appropriate street to be renamed. Well, it's like when they renamed the Sears Tower. No one's going to call it what the new th- – it's always Sears Tower. It's not Willis Tower. That's true, too. It's so Comiskey Park. It's all of that. They're going to rename it, but people are still going to call it Lakeshore Drive. Like it's – that's just going to be a, a old Chicago thing. But you, like you said, there's other streets, Columbus, Milwaukee, you know, at like some of those streets that run up all the Balbo. Whenever I see yeah. Balbo, I, I think of Rocky Balbo. I don't know who Balbo is. Yeah. No, no one knows who that is. Um, all right. So I'm going to wrap up the headlines here real quick and talk about something that I learned over the weekend. And that is there are three things in life that are certain, and that's death, taxes, and don't ever bet against a Bob Baffert horse because <laughs> the Kentucky Derby happened last on last weekend on Saturday and no one had Baffert's horses kind of in the conversation. Um, you know, I always like to follow Eddie Olchek and, you know, his picks and, you know, they, they had a lot of, you know, essential quality and hot rod Charlie and, um, just a lot of other, just a lot of really, you know, horses that weren't Babbage. And yeah, turns out that once again, um, he wins with Medina spirit. I don't know if that's like his third or fourth Kentucky Derby, maybe even more, but Ashley Schaefer motherfucker needs to stop winning all the damn Kentucky Derbies. Cause I'm cost me a lot of money betting against him yesterday. I text you this. Why are you betting against them? I, yeah. It's like betting against Tom Brady at this I, I listened, point. We I learned listened. our lesson with Tom Brady, right? or at least I did this last Super Bowl. Why are you betting against Bob Baffert? I, I'm, I'm not going to anymore. Like, I, I, listen, I, I listen to Eddie Olchek. You know, I listened to some of the other guys and, you know, the quote-unquote experts, and none of them had Medina Spirit as even a dark horse. It was all about the 
essential quality, hot rod, Charlie rock your world. Like, yeah. So do you guys, do you guys do any derby betting? I don't know I how to Johnny. Did you? No, I was trying to look for it on the uh, uh, rivers, but obviously they didn't have it on there. I think they, they only, they're only able to do it on their own. Um, yeah. So that's what I was betting. Yeah. I think Jason, I we talked about it. Like Barstool didn't have it. Rivers didn't have it. I think it's all, all OTB or yeah. TVG or whatever. Well, how yeah, did you see, do it? I, I, I did it through, it was ever TVR, TVG. Um, TVG, yeah. Yeah, that was the one I and I had to actually sign up separately because like you and the FanDuel app, they take you to like a app inside their app, a website inside their app that you bet through FanDuel's app in TVG and you have, but you have to create your own separate account. So you're actually logging in twice to get in in the same app just to get into betting. Um, I, I told you guys this before, you know, I don't bet much on horses, but every year we would go to Arlington for Derby Day. You know, you just pick, I don't know anything about the horses. I just find a name that looks good. I've asked a couple of people who are in the know who they're betting on. I've listened to Eddie Olchek. I'll throw 20 bucks down. But with the with the mobile betting now and not being in Arlington, I kind of started doing, okay, well, I'm going to pick this horse to win and this horse to place, and I'm going to box this. And, and then Bob Baffert comes in, crushes everyone's dreams. So, yeah. It's an awesome tradition. I I wish I got into it. Like I've never really got in got into horse racing. Um, I like bourbon. I like mil- mint juleps. I like the suits and the hats and the whole, you know, like the tradition of it. It's just something I never got into. That being said, I I think it would be very cool. Obviously, post COVID, to actually go to a Kentucky Derby or Kentucky. I agree. Oaks I, that's on my bucket that, list. That whole weekend. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, my my boss, my old boss actually used to tell me that the weekend before the derby is like when a lot of people go down there and party and stuff. Are are we going to ignore Tom Brady's outfit? Or what? He, I, thank you for bringing that up. I mentioned that he looked like the bad guy in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There's no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. He just looked like an evil villain. Well, maybe he's just going to play the role this season and, you know. Him and Rogers. Rogers was there too, and Rogers didn't look like he wanted to go back to Green Bay. I saw the tweet. I don't know who did it. It was a great tweet. There was a picture of Aaron Rodgers at the Kentucky Derby with his long hair slicked back. He was sitting on a balcony, and then Tom Brady was with his hat and his evil glasses looking down below. And the tweet was, Aaron Rodgers looks like the DEA agent trying to arrest Tom Brady. And it was perfect. (laughs) That's a good tweet. Um, All right. Before we get into some Sox talk here, we want to talk about some Marvel and Falcon and Winter Soldier wrapped up a little over a week ago. So um, this is obviously going to be spoilers, but uh, I I figure now you should have at least finished the whole series because it's you got we gave him enough time yeah you got enough you got enough time so skip it if you haven't seen it yet but otherwise so falcon winter soldier wrapped up um kind of expanding on post captain america and in the comics of you know who's picking up the shield next so um i believe correct me if i'm wrong peter but like bucky at one point has the shield in the comics yes and then sam obviously has the shield now with his combo falcon 
winner Captain America. Um, I think the whole U.S. agent storyline they did the fake Captain America turning him to U.S. agent, introducing yeah. um, Juliet Louis Dreyfus, awesome Elaine. As, She's as, gonna be yeah, Elaine, yeah, as as Madame Hydra. They definitely storyline you can say villainous kind of stuff. It might be a little weak compared to other previous Marvel movies, but what they they that series did is what it should have been intended to do perfectly was plant seeds for future Marvel movies, future stories, future villains with U.S. agent, Madam Hydra, the power broker turning out to be yeah. Sharon Carter, like turning, turning her back on the, on the U S and now becoming the power broker. It's all a bunch of different potential storylines they can go to. Yeah. You mentioned it planting seeds. I thought that was good. And the reason I liked WandaVision and now the reason I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not only planting seeds for the future, but diving into like more of the nuance of the characters. And a lot of times, obviously, Wanda and Vision and now Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're they're side characters in the main movies. But these shows kind of give them. Uh, a way to kind of flesh out characters and go into their backstories and go into like their psyches and stuff like that. And I thought the way they basically set up how Falcon wasn't ready to pick up the shield of Captain America and how he was worried about like him not being ready to be the black Captain America. And then the Winter Soldier, Bucky, like saying like, basically atoning for his sins of the past and being deprogrammed and showing like, where do I go from here? There's those are all storylines that like, you just can't flesh out in a two hour blockbuster movie. So I thought a lot of the times, and and I complained about it bum of the week, like saying like Falcon can't afford to pay his boat or whatever. Those are things that like, you just can't get into in a movie but like now that like it's a six part series, you can kind of, you know, delve into the different things, even like the blip and what happens with people coming back from the blip and the Carly character. I thought it's all very cool storylines that like we just don't get to think about during a big blockbuster movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, so in the comics, does who pick up the shield first after Cap? Is it Bucky then or do they keep it well, kind of well, more? When you, when you say in the comics, like there's different storylines and different universes and different like events and timelines and stuff like that. But what from what I remember is Bucky. Bucky was always the guy next in line after um, Captain America. That being said, in the movies, like they basically showed him as a evil assassin for Hydra for 50 years so obviously he can't be captain america in this mcu so the way they did the john walker into falcon i thought that was very cool and i thought um it was timely i thought there was a lot of social uh commentary in this episode or in this series that typically i told my wife like i didn't think disney had the balls to do and they did um that scene where Bucky and Falcon were arguing outside of the street in Baltimore. And then the cops come and kind of like accost Falcon, not knowing who he is. Like, I just didn't think the 
Disney had the balls to do something like that. Yeah. They did. And I thought it was awesome. I thought, I thought they hit on very, very timely and, and very topical social commentary, which, which was good. Yeah. Johnny, did you watch it? Yeah. I mean, I, first I, it was kind of, for, for me, it was a little bit slow, um, but I ended up watching the rest of it um, when it was pretty much done. And um I'm just looking forward to Loki now. I mean, it's just, you know, with these, just how, how you, you guys are, you know, both um, mentioned that, you know, they're just setting up future um, storylines. Um, I mean, this is just the same way that they did with the Marvel movies. I mean, towards the end credits, you know, you always started, you know, all right, here's, here's, what's, here's what's going to happen next. So, yeah. So, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, I mean, I, I still like WandaVision over the Winter Soldier and all yeah. that, but um, but I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was I thought it was a good storyline, and I just can't wait until what's happening next. And obviously, with Loki coming out next, that looks I mean, amazing. Loki looks those trailers look amazing. So, yeah, I'm so pumped for yeah. Loki. Tom Hiddleston's awesome actor, and I think I from all the hype and all the you know like rumors and backstory and Reddit threads, um, Loki has a a chance to be something very special. That being said, WandaVision, I still think was like some of the best TV and not only just Marvel stuff, but in general, just like we talked about it already, but with the homages and different things and different styles that they did was awesome. So it's, it's, I'm waiting for Marvel and Kevin Feige and everyone to lay an egg and they just haven't. They're just throwing, you know, 95 on the black, consistently and it's it's a credit to them man it's it's crazy um i will say the one thing that's going to be cool about loki which i'm excited about is that we're at least from what it seems and if they're setting up the story correctly we're not getting redemption redeemed loki after ragnarok we're getting post takeover new york loki when he still wanted to kill everyone he's still a bad guy not yeah because he took that he took the tesseract from endgame jump jump ship and then i guess the tvrs kept you know arrested him yeah for- and i will say something for captain and Winter soldier that has ties into loki is loki was beloved as a anti-hero he was a villain but he, he he there was shades of gray to him baron zemo i think has a chance to be just as popular or is just as beloved as loki because Baron Zemo is an awesome villain, but the way they they brought him up in um, Civil War and now in Cap or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, there's shades of gray. Like not everything that Baron Zemo does is bad or good, but I thought he was a very good villain, very good character in general. And yeah. and they teased it him being on the raft. I know you're not you guys aren't familiar with it, but Thunderbolts is basically the Marvel version of Suicide Squad. Hell, like, and the leader is Baron Zemo. And I think they teased that big time in Captain West Soldier. So look out for that. We haven't seen the last of Zemo. Good, because he's definitely kind of grown on, I think, some of the MC. Yeah, and a lot of people. Exactly. Um, All right. Before we get to what a bum, we're going to talk some socks here. Um, kind of a somber day, you know, and I didn't really want to come on here from, from last week's podcast and, you know, 
bash the Sox because they did have a they had a kind of up and down week. Up, yeah, up yeah, down. it was up and down week, you know. Um, but I think the the biggest news and kind of you know sucking the air out of the out of the room right now is Luis Robert got injured in the first inning of Sunday's game, running out of grounder the first and. Um, looks like before he even touched the bag, it looked like he pulled his groin, but they actually said right hip flexor, right hip strain flexor, whatever you want to, not, not, not a doctor, but hip flexor strain, hip flexor strain. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it looked, a, it looked a lot worse than it actually seems like it could have been. We'll get more from MRI results and tests in the next day or so, but that I think Sox they getting blanked. The bullet. Yeah, they dodged the bullet, but I think, Sox got blanked by Cleveland today because I feel like at least I hope that because of his injury that kind of just sucked the life out of the team and they were kind of more distracted with that instead of getting dominated by Zach Plesek and his fucking noodle arm. I thought that was going to be a definite win. Um, But yeah, what do you guys takes on the Lou Bob? Yeah, I mean, I missed it. I was watching the game. I went to walk my dog with my daughter, and I got the text from Johnny saying the sky is falling. And immediately I went to Twitter and saw the, you know, like him coming up lame. It didn't look good. I tweeted it or I Instagrammed it. I thought, I mean, we all thought it was, it looked like a season ender or at least a long time injury. And from what everybody's saying, hip flexor strain, we'll wait for the MRIs to really come out tomorrow. But what, six weeks, eight weeks, maybe like 10 weeks at most for a hip flexor. So we, I think we dodged a bullet. I mean, I was ready to say it was the like a Eloy type loss. So hopefully we could just tread water. I know we're four, four against the, four and four against the Indians. And I feel like we should have won a couple more of those games. Yeah. Um, but overall they're 15 and 12. It's been up and down. It's, it's been an up and down season. We were expecting more. I just feel like they're still, you know, the wheels are turning. I feel like the Sox have a lot more to give the defense got to get better. They had another fucking Benny Hill type error fest bad. today, but overall I thought the Robert injury was killer and it turns out it may, might not be so i think i'll take the the good more than the bad at this point yeah i mean one of the things right now with with the division is that you know nobody's really running away with it i mean kansas city yeah they're up on top right now uh the way minnesota's been playing as of late i mean they haven't been the what everybody was expecting same thing with the Sox. i mean you know i guess everybody was you know we were all expecting them to be a little bit better record wise uh, they still lead a lot of the uh, statistics in the in the league as well too, um, which is surprising after some of the stuff that you know we had a r- little bit of a rocky start. But you know, Mankata's hitting a lot better. Obviously, Mandrigal's you know, you know, hitting you know over three hundred. Lou, you know, obviously Lou Bob, you know, he was he was he's hitting three hundred. And, and you know, Abreu, Abreu right now, I I think you know with him not having Eloy. Um, pretty much in in, yeah. in the in the fourth spot you know i think it, it has um hit him a lot um no pun intended but um 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's hurt him a lot. Um, also, too, he he does go uh, to a slow start in the beginning of the season, but I'm sure, you know, I'm not worried about Abreu. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're depleted right now. No Eloy. You don't know when Eagle's coming back. I mean, there, it's still kind of up in the air with him. Um, obviously, we don't we, we don't know the news until what's going to happen tomorrow with Lou Bob, so we got to wait and see on that. But right now we're really depleted, and, you know, it's – in a way, I, I, Jason, I, I know you've you've been very vocal about you know having like Garcia up there, which he's he's actually been improving uh, lately. He has a pretty good run, um, but right now, like you know, you're gonna have to rely on these on these players right now for for the time being until they can you know fill you know fill the void you know when either whether Ingo comes back a lot sooner or hopefully this Lubop thing is, is not as bad as, you know, we think or, or how it's going to be, whatever, regardless. I mean, the Sox have to come together right now and they have to play their best baseball. Uh, luckily we have one of the top uh, rotations in the league right now. Uh, so that's one of the main things. Giolito has been rocky since that, that Red Sox series. Um, to me, it seems he's a little different since that series, but I mean, that, that stuff that happened with, with him and his last start. I mean, obviously with him going so, you know, long, obviously I've been very, he should have I mean, won that game. That was, yeah, they should have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, they cost a lot of errors as well too, but yeah, with Larissa letting him stay there for like 114 pitches. I mean, that wasn't good either. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, we could be in a worse spot. That, that's what I'm saying right now. And obviously yeah. with the injuries, I'd rather have this stuff now than at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, we're in a, we're what a game and a half back from first. And yeah. we haven't been playing our best defense. Hitting has been hit or miss for the most part of the season. Pitching has been decent, more, better than average. They're they've been good, but it could be a lot worse. All things considered with the injuries and the start and the coaching, um, it could be worse. So I still, still not hitting the panic button just yet. Um, yeah, I, here's my, my takes on, on some of the stuff. Cause you had, you basically had Kansas city in your sights this whole week. Sox should be in first place right now. I feel like when you're, you have a week when you're playing Detroit for three games, bum team, they should have swept Detroit. I was actually at that game on Tuesday, the one, that they actually lost for Detroit one Russo put out a shit lineup where he just, he batted, you know, Grandal who's been terrible this season. You know, he's, he's batting like 120 something like 122, 150s. He's bad. 127. Yeah. He's bad. So you got, he put Grandal lamb and Garcia all in a row. Like, you're just basically getting like three outs in the row. Like you, I don't care how good your offense is. You're putting basically like almost automatic outs when you got lamb batting 133. Garcia at that point was batting 146. He, he had, he had the, the, the double header game. He had the all his RBIs and he had a couple of good games, but he's still batting 200 right now. And then Billy Hamilton coming in there for like when they were down three runs in the eighth, he pinch hits for, he pinch hits for Jake lamb instead of Andrew Vaughn or Zach Collins. I think some like LaRusa is getting in his way and he's costing us these wins that we should have, that we could possibly have making moves when Kansas city is losing some games. Um, 
I, I like that Mankata has been hitting the ball better and Madrigal's just doing what he does with his, his slap hits, uh, but very good. But I, I think that, you know, Larusa not pulling Giolito caused, you know, that game was a very close yeah, game. That game should have been one. Yeah. That yeah, game I mean, was 114 very close. Pitches, he looked tired. They should have pulled him before that inning started. They should have won that game. So by my record right now, that's three games that Larusa has cost us because of ineptitude. Today's game, you know, I yes, the offense was I I think I, I want to say deflated because of you know the Robert injury, but the fact that he opted to you know go old school manager and punish Mercedes for showing up late and pull him for Jake Lamb when everyone who watched that game when they had bases loaded in the in the fourth inning with and you got Lamb you you knew it was coming you I knew co- hold it, on I come yes. I complained about it at the time. I said, how is he going to explain the lamb playing against Mercedes with bases loaded? If you show up late, I don't blame him for that. If you show up late, excuses or not, you're a professional baseball player. Make a phone call. I love Benzo. Make a phone call. Say I'm late. Tony said he had an excusable reason to be late. That, But you still, I don't blame him for sitting him if you're late to a professional baseball game whether it's team meetings or warmups or whatever, like that's not on him at this point. Like right. I was mad at the time. I was mad at the time for obviously the lamb starting. I was like, what the fuck is this? Especially because you know, Benzo's not going to be starting the next two games or whatever. Exactly. That was my point. You could have used that being said, the games in Cincy. I, I, no, I know late. you're, you're professional. You shouldn't be late, but also as a, as a manager, your job is to play your best players to win games. And when you've already, you're, you're on a Sunday, you know he's not going to play again until Friday. So now you're going to sit him for like basically five days now. Is is that going to hurt him for sitting for five days? I sure hope not. But I feel like he could have at least have gotten today. You could punish him, you know, later. But they had a chance in that game. And I, and I just feel like when they had the bases loaded and Lamb strikes yeah. out that Benzo would, if Benzo was at the plate right there, he wouldn't have struck out. Maybe he grounds out, whatever. But I, I feel like at that point in time, Lamb was not the right person that should have been. And I still think Andrew Vaughn needs much more playing time. When I was at the game on, when I was at the game on Friday, there was a, a, a stat that said Andrew Vaughn only has 26 at bats this season. Like that's insane. He's, he needs this. He needs to play more. He's he's got his average up. He's hitting 275 right now. He's doing good in the seventh slot. His defense looks respectable in left field. I think he he needs to be definitely playing more. Now it's outfield's gonna be a little tricky now with with Robert. You know, you're gonna probably have Eaton, Garcia, and and Vaughn, maybe a little Billy Hamilton. But as I was I told you guys before, Rick Hahn needs to take the keys away from Larusa and he's got to get rid of Billy Hamilton and at least Jake Lamb. Garcia, he's getting a little past me. He had a good, you know, some good games, but he's still he's still banging two hundred and he he can't be taking at bats from Andrew Vaughn. That's that's my thing. Vaughn is your future. Vaughn is you're going to be your future star. He's your third pick in the draft. You shouldn't be benching him for Lori Garcia, who's not a future of this this team. Well, I agree with you. And I think Vaughn should should be getting more playing time. That being said, it's still early in the season. And we don't know if Vaughn could go 
late into the season without getting gassed. He's never played this many games. So I don't, and this goes for the whole lineup. We knew that. I, I said it before in the preseason. He's going to tinker with lineups. He's going to give people playing time. He's going to make people earn their playing time. I think the complaining from this year has been warranted in a lot of spots for Tony. I haven't been happy with Tony. That being said, like, I still think it's a work in progress, man. It, we just got into May. I think April uh, for a lot of teams, it's, it's a work in progress. It's it, it, you got to give people rest. You got to get people at bats. Yes. Vaughn needs more at bats, but I'd rather him getting those at bats in the fall than early in the season. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, if you have to give him a day off, I'd, I'd rather, you know, if you, you give him maybe a day off here or there later in the season, because he needs all the at bats right now to adjust to major league hitting and having a couple good games and then sitting and then, starting and sit this this on off on off it's not gonna be good for his his development so happy that he's 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 hitting better though i, I got a question that these, for you guys i got I a question saying, i know I hope these we're, we're not happy things don't go deeper into the season yeah well yeah we both been unhappy with him so far um obviously eloy's hurt now lou bob is gone i don't trust lamb we've have our issues with Garcia. He's a work in progress. He hasn't seen major league pit pitching. He hasn't seen triple a pitching. Do you call up Cespedes? Uh, you have to, you have to at least wait until end of May and see how he does. Cause the triple a start, he's going to be, I think he's going to be in double a to start the season. Um, So it's going to be a question to see how he takes. Or do hitting. you sign the older Cespedes? No, I think he went somewhere else. Or I think, he, I think he's still a free agent. Yeah, I maybe think it's maybe it's maybe too. it's Pig. Yes, he'll Pig. I'm thinking of, yeah. but I gotta look that up. I think I read somewhere that one of those two guys are off the market. But um, yeah, I think no. I think with him, you give him so, you give him a little bit of time. You you try to hope that Ingo gets back pretty quick, and then Lou Bob isn't out for an extended period of time. But I think he might be a end of summer call up, or I want to say end of summer. I mean like end of July. Yeah. Um, All right. So we tread water for the time being tread water and just put the best players out in the field to win games. That's my, that's my whole point. I I'm Grandel struggling right now. We can't have four automatic outs in the lineup every game. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, when it's Hamilton lamb Grandall, and yeah, you know, Garcia, it's no yeah. way. No. no. And I think maybe you have to, with the way that a Bray was hitting, maybe you take him out of that four spot and you put him up the three. No, you don't move. No, he's the MVP, dude. Like he had an awesome. I know, I know, but I'm out. just saying, yeah, he's earned that spot. He's earned that respect. Well, he he's he, earned he's, he's bad. He's bad at third for a majority no, I, of his career yeah. too. No, I know, but like whatever, whatever Jose needs, like if if it's keep him in the fourth spot or if he asks for it, then you move him. But I think he's earned that respect. He was the MVP last year. Yeah. Hopefully the weather warms up. He'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll have more socks talk later, but let's wrap up this podcast. We ran a little long today. We're going to close it up with some what a bums. Um, I was going to start it off. I'm going to knock mine out real quick. I, I, I was trying to think who my, what a bum was. And I remembered it and it was all the bears fans on Twitter who were knocking the Justin Fields pick. 
I and I say this not Ooh. with being facetious, but there are people already saying that you know he's he's not going to succeed because there's no O line and because Bears can't develop Nagy can't develop a quarterback and they're already just shitting on the pick. He hasn't even played one snap yet and they're already shitting the pick. Patient have traded up or he should have taken Mac Jones. Like I, I don't need the Monday morning quarterbacking from the Twitter you know mob out I mean, there. Those like, are negative fans just. Yeah. To be negative. Fight me. I, I mean, I'm ready to fight these yeah. guys. Don't don't be hating on the on the on the Bears. You know, first decent quarterback pick we've gotten in God knows how long. Let let them let them play out. They're gonna. They got some. They got two good tackles in the draft. Let's. He's got. He's gonna get another weapon. You know, wide receiver around him, but he's gonna be. He's probably gonna be fine. And I don't. People shouldn't be shitting on the pick right away when he hasn't even got the training camp. That's so. Negative Bears fans for Justin against Justin Fields, you're my what a bum. Very fair. Peter. Um, I'm gonna keep it in the division. My what a bum for the week. What a bum for the year, maybe. The Green Bay Packers. What are you doing? What are you doing? You got you've seen the other side. We are the other side of the equation. They've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the last fucking 32 years. At this point, keep them happy. What the fuck are you doing, you dumb inbred fucks from Wisconsin? Like Jake Cutler and freaking Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton and Jason Campbell. And how many guys can we name? I could go through a litany of guys. Eric Kramer, Jim Miller. They all fucking sucked. You've got Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you can't keep them happy. Uh, you should be a fucking shame to yourself. Get him the weapons he wants. Do whatever you have to do. Suck his dick. Do whatever you have to do to keep him happy at this point. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's so stupid. And he's ready to walk away from your franchise, so you should be ashamed of yourselves. And the fact that you've gone 32 years and only got two Super Bowls from two Hall of Fame quarterbacks is an indictment to your franchise. I mean, obviously, you've won two more Super Bowls than we have in that year, in those times. But I mean, that's shameful. Like, you should have way more Super Bowls with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So, the Green Bay Packers, you dumb fucks, you're my bum of the week. Yeah. I mean, if they trade away Rodgers, Residents in Green Bay are just so bored and nothing to do up there. They might, they might make what happened at Old Trafford today look like fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah. nothing. They might burn yes. that whole stadium down. Roll up with your tractors and your hay bales and fucking <laughs> burn that stadium to the ground. All right, Johnny, close us out here. Uh, yeah, my what a bum is um, a game that uh, a lot of people were talking about um, with the Phillies and the Mets. Um, McCutcheon was running to second base and they called him out think, thinking that he ran out of the, the baseline, which he clearly wasn't. And they had, a, they had to go through the reviews and go through all the protocols and all that. And they called him out anyways. And on top of that, they, they ejected um, a Harper on that. <laughs> he was complaining about, you know, they, they were safe and they, they reject, um, I'm sorry, ejected him. So, um, 
this has been going an ongoing thing with with umpires and and this is not just an MLB thing I've been seeing on the NCAA as well too um football there is a big time deal with and I know it, it's it's hard sometimes to in the train I you know you do have to go with the replays and all that but when it was clear as day I mean there was a lot of people complaining about this there was no reason why McCutcheon should have been out in that situation if you're going to have replay there's a reason why you have replay and if you're not going to utilize it correctly then why even have it and if these umpires are, are not are, are not properly doing their job I mean, there should be accountability. There's never accountability for any umpires and referees and, and all that when they screw up. Clearly, when when that stuff would happen between the Saints and, and the Rams, when they blew that call that they pretty much could have got the Saints going into the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just one one incident of of many that caused a lot of teams to either it, it changed a lot of, a, a lot of things. You know, the, I've been hearing a lot about the robo. Uh, uh, umps where they're calling balls and strikes ridiculously. I mean, it's, 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 it's been really bad. So um, right now th there's a big problem with umpires in general, umpires, refs, whatever, and whatever sport league, whatever uh, there needs to be some sort of change. Um, so, but for this week, uh, that umpire that called McCutcheon, the whole umpire crew, you guys are my water bomb. Yeah. I definitely yeah. think there needs to be more accountability for yeah. these guys. Oh. Cause just because they're just because you're in a in a union doesn't mean you shouldn't be held accountable for having bullshit calls like they need to and I, I don't know what happens behind the scenes but i feel like you know if if angel hernandez and joe west can keep jobs for 30 years there's something's got to yeah. change in that that whole dynamic so yeah good call clean, johnny clean it up refs all right we ran long today thanks everyone for joining us Pauly's cousin javi again you have to renounce you renounce your fandom you have to Earn your earn your forgiveness. Buy us buy season tickets and take us to games. It's the only redemption you can you can do for us. Um, we'll be back with you guys later. Subscribe, unsubscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Catch you later. Good night, Avi. Go Bears. Justin Fields podcast for the foreseeable future. <laughs>